So I started to realize that the, the doubts that I had in my head were all mine. Uh, and, and I had to work to overcome that question that I always ask myself, am I good enough? And I write about that. That's a question that has dogged me for a good part of my life. Um, am I good enough to have all of this? Am I good enough to be the first lady of the United States? And I think that many women and definitely many young girls of all backgrounds walk around with that question. That's former first lady Michelle Obama. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today as we have former First Lady debuting on the show with an important message about self-doubt. And as I was listening to this clip, I thought about the time when I used to think to myself when I saw someone who looked really confident and just really, really sure of themselves, I would automatically think that they were born like that, that they had this, this innate unwavering confidence from childhood or from birth. And then what I would do is I would put myself down for not being blessed with this same trait of confidence. But the older that I got, the more that I realized that that frame of thinking was not only disempowering because it left me feeling helpless, but it was also a lie. Me believing that people were born confident honestly couldn't be further from the truth. And to put some context to this, I mean, sure, that there are people that are more inherently more confident than others. But by and large, that's more of the exception rather than the rule. So now, if you were to ask what I think when I see a person who, who exudes confidence and self-esteem, I say to myself, man, they must have worked their behind off to have gotten to the point where they feel that way. And I think that when I think that way, it gives me the power and the self-belief that I can change my level of confidence by working hard to pursue that level of confidence and who I want to be and how I want to show up. And I heard a quote by a fellow podcaster the other day that really resonated with me and it complements today's message. And he simply said that, if you want to accomplish anything worthwhile, you have to be a disaster before you become a master. And I know that is very simple, but there's so much truth to it because I can almost guarantee you anything that you start, you're not going to be great at. But 
with practice and consistency, over time, you get better and better and better until it becomes part of who you are or part of what you normally do. And that's the case for pretty much anything that we want to improve in our lives, including things like our self-esteem. So in today's clip, former first lady Michelle Obama shares her personal story of how she how she overcame self-doubt and fear and how she used her experiences as a catalyst to become the person who she is today. So without further ado, and with great honor, here's Michelle Obama. Enjoy. Well, I, uh, as many of you know, my background, I mean, I grew up in Chicago in a working class community. My parents weren't wealthy, so we didn't have the resources to spend on fees at private schools. We went to the neighborhood public school, and I went to public school my entire life. Um, and I, I, I was always that student who wanted to get A's. I wanted to do well. I enjoyed learning. I enjoyed excelling. But what I found out is that when you're one of those kids in a community where not everyone has the same goals, I found myself having to walk uh, a bunch of different lines. There were some kids that didn't like kids who were smart and got good grades. Um, there were some kids who criticized the way I talked. They said that I talked like I was white, which was another way of saying that you think you're better than other people. Um, so I had to contend with how do I get my education when I'm surrounded by people who may have different expectations of me? And those just weren't the kids in the neighborhood. There were teachers I had to confront, teachers who underestimated me every step of the way. Um, even when I applied to Princeton, I write about in my book and I tell this story all the time, uh, even though I was at the top of my class and I was a class officer, I was a leader, when I sat down with my high school counselor, somebody who didn't know me but was assigned to work with students to help them apply to college, and I told them my intention was to apply to Princeton, that counselor told me, I don't think you're Princeton material. The, the, the person whose job it was to help young people reach their dreams when it came to college saw me, and whatever she saw in me told her that my dreams were too high. And that cut me in a way that even though I continued on, I applied, obviously, you know, I got in, but I still remember that story. I remember that feeling of doubt, just another adult sort of placing a barrier on me that I didn't even have for myself. Um, so then to enter into an elite school when your high school counselor has told you you're not good enough, when a, when all of society sort of looks at kids of color or kids from uh, poor communities or rural communities as not belonging. Uh, you know, I, like many others, walked into that school with a stigma in my own head. Uh, more young people nowadays call it imposter uh, syndrome. I don't know if they call it that in, in Britain where uh, kids like me feel like they don't belong, so they feel like they're faking it. Um, and I had to get over that. Uh, and one of the ways that I got over it was that I looked around at Princeton and I saw kids who were not as talented or as gifted or as hardworking as I was. Um, I learned that 
this notion of affirmative action sometimes only applies to kids of color or kids from different backgrounds or poor kids, but there are all kinds of affirmative action that take place in, in, in elite schools around the country, athletes who are admitted because, not because they're great students, but because they can add value, legacies, people who come from families with long lines within the school, they get admission. Um, so I started to realize that the, the doubts that I had in my head were all mine. Uh, and, and I had to work to overcome that question that I always ask myself, am I good enough? And I write about that. That's a question that has dogged me for a good part of my life. Um, am I good enough to have all of this? Am I good enough to be the first lady of the United States? And I think that many women and definitely many young girls of all backgrounds walk around with that question. But how I overcame that is how I overcome anything, hard work. So whenever I doubted myself, I, I, I just told myself, let me put my head down and do the work. And I would let my work speak for itself. Uh, and I still find that I do that. I still feel that at some level, I have something to prove because of the color of my skin, because of the shape of my body, because of who knows how people are judging me. Um, but it takes some time and it takes some maturity to start having some successes under your belt where you realize, yes, in fact, I am good enough. Big thanks to former First Lady Michelle Obama. If you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, obama.org. Her Instagram is Michelle Obama, and her books are entitled Becoming, which was her first book, and her most recent book is entitled The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled Michelle Obama's Advice on Overcoming Self-Doubt. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.